0: It it is the day of my daughter's wedding. Do you need me to trade you a quarterback I developed? Because on this day of my daughter's wedding, I can trade you another quarterback. I
1: have five of them. I keep developing them. Do you want the quarterback?
2: They once drove to Vancouver from Edmonton to go to the Grey Cup in a Toyota Matrix with summer tires while listening to the entire Tragically Hip discography. They love their Canadian football. John Fraser, a Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan and sports reporter from Saskatoon. Does this mean I have to start researching? And Travis Kura, a Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan and radio announcer from Red Deer. Does anybody want to do fantasy dancing with the stars next uh, season? Bring you the two and Out CFL podcast. Every week, Fraser and Kura will deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League and nonsense, can't forget the nonsense, grab some poutine and a double-double, it's time for the 2 and Out Podcast, ready, set, hut! Welcome to episode 4 of the 2 and Out CFL
1: Podcast, I do want to start the show, John, by saying, man, eating healthy is impossible. <laughs> Why do you say that? Okay, so I, I work at a radio station and we gave away this massive trip, uh, this... Uh, guy, he gets to go to Europe to see Kiss, the Foo Fighters, and AC/DC. Now the Foo Fighters canceled the show, yeah. But to say thank you, you know what he brings in today? One hundred Timbits. One hundred. Yeah, he's he didn't bring in like you know like a normal person would. Twenty five. Yeah, a hundred. So every time I walk by the lunch room, oh, well, I'll have a Timbit. Oh, <laughs> well, I'll have another. I'll have another Timbit. One <laughs> of our bring, big sponsors decided to uh, give us a
0: wing lunch uh, last Friday, but uh, it was so good. But the thing I have learned about healthy eating, Travis, is just make sure you get a stomach bug or food poisoning, and you <laughs> won't want to eat anything. I crush like and you know I can crush wings. I crush like three and I'm like, uh um I'm still not feeling so good here.
1: so I should just bathe myself in raw chicken and then <laughs> That's a we'll be good to I didn't go. want.
0: <laughs> oh Travis, we are not off to a good start with you and the raw chicken and the bathtub and the scented candles and the Michael Bolton. <laughs>
1: Hey, you speaking of visuals nobody wants. <laughs> now, the fantasy league that we set up for the podcast is full. Yeah. Now, we did make uh I guess the requirements to go on iTunes and leave a review and leave a five-star rating. We bringing Tyrell into the league and my reasoning he did he left us a three-star review on iTunes, but but Last episode you said that it's possible that the Red Blacks could win 12 games?
0: Ah. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: He said if the Red Blacks win 12 games, he will get a full Brazilian wax.
0: <laughs> I suddenly just became the world's biggest Red Blacks fan. <laughs>
1: so he is in the league only to keep tabs on this all right i like where and this is if going they on. win 12 games this season gray cup winnipeg it's happening he's w- getting that full wax
0: i wouldn't want to see him jump on a plane and move to uranium city after the red blacks win their 11th or anything like that so i'm glad <laughs> i'm glad to see we can keep tabs on uh on one of our fans and uh you can probably find some sort of waxing shop while you're in uh, Winnipeg for the Grey Cup.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I am not having any part of that. <laughs> no. Nope. Good thing we're an audio podcast. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, nobody needs to see those visuals at all. Maybe just, like, we'll tweet out his tears. <laughs> Maybe a vine of him crying. <laughs> oh, that would be classic. Shoulders up. Shoulders <laughs> up to clarify.
1: We are also inviting Nicholas Hodge into the league. He wrote a review saying he never thought a Bombers and Riders fan could get along enough to start a podcast. Now, this is funny because when you and I went to the 99th Grey Cup in Vancouver, we decided to go down to the convention center, check out what TSN was doing. And who's standing there? Bomber legend Milt Stiegel. And you froze. Yes, I did. I got a little
0: starstruck, which, for what I do professionally, is very unprofessional. But I saw him there, and he was my favorite player growing up. I got all choked up in his last game, and I saw him
1: there and went,
2: Oh, that's my favorite player ever!
1: So I had to do the talking. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, all right, I'll go introduce you. And then, Milt, the only words he said, basically. A Ryder fan and a bomber fan drove to Vancouver from Edmonton.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even mention the small hatchback car or the fact that we ate all Dressler chips for three days straight.
1: <laughs> hey, oh, you, are going, you want to go get breakfast? No, let's have another bag of all Dresslers and some Heineken. Speaking of healthy eating... <laughs>
0: Uh, just like our healthy eating for our winner of our fantasy league we are dead serious when we say you're going to get a tim's take 10 and a dozen donuts which at least three of them will be maple glazed
1: no adriano he's in the league too he said he he doesn't want any apple fritters that's fine that's that's a smart man right there I like it. Or he you. doesn't want. Or he doesn't want cruelers. And if I win, man, I want twelve Cruelers. No, three have to be maple. Okay, we're so Canadian. You need the Canadian. All right, Blair's in the league too. He uh, tweeted us some trash talk. Because we passed the 500 download uh, mark a couple weeks ago, or last week, and he had said, the only reason why you have 500 downloads is that they put you to sleep. Works on my daughters <laughs> and I every single night. Hashtag Blue Bombers for life. Hashtag BC sucks.
0: Well, that's actually the reason we're at 500 do- downloads is because my mom's been dominating Kijiji Thunder Bay and downloading iTunes on about 200 different used computers. <laughs> All with different email addresses. So that's the only reason we're there.
1: Sorry, That's Trav. okay. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Dylan also tweeted saying, you don't even want me in your league because you're going to get crushed. So guess what, Dylan? Bring it. He's I like, into the league. I like the
0: bravado. I almost want to do like an old, you know, when the rock was back in the WWE and he did the eyebrow and the like, bring it like hand thing. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we're not we're an audio podcast. Like if you if you could see me, I'm I'm doing the, the people's eyebrow perfectly and saying, <laughs> Bring it to you,
1: Jabroni <laughs> So the league is full. If you still want into our pick 'em group, uh find it on Twitter, uh, two and out CFL and get into our group and Pick the winners are you smarter than a overweight Canadian podcaster
0: two of us two overweight <laughs> Canadian podcasters and actually <laughs> I excited to say we do have uh, we do have some celebrities that uh, we're going to introduce in far as the them segments uh, just waiting for final confirmation on some of those but uh, I can tell you we will be uh, you'll also be testing your skills against uh, rider play by play man Rod Peterson in his pick courtesy his website rodpeterson.com
1: Nice
2: let's get to the news <laughs> In the huddle with Fraser and Kura on the Two It Out podcast.
1: Okay, since we last recorded a podcast, there have been five preseason games. Now, TSN's first broadcast was on Friday, Calgary and BC. But big shout out to the Thai cats They had a great uh, live stream last Monday. And because TSN attempted it again the next night, oh. huge fail. Oh, <laughs> okay, you cannot
0: do a preseason game without commentary
1: that was we I was trying to watch it and it was it was just bizarre like I don't have a Winnipeg Blue
0: bomber roster perspeticcus in front of me. <laughs> Like, at least like, like, let us hear the glorious tones of Knuckles Irving doing that game out of Winnipeg or the lovely and talented Mike Hogan from Toronto. I don't see. I mean, they own TSN radio in Toronto. Why didn't you just patch over one of the play by play feeds? It's the preseason, man. You see some guy wearing like number 72 and kicking. And you're going, what the hell?
1: Who, who is he? I was thinking that, too. Like, couldn't you just sync it up with the radio feed? It was like watching high school football game film.
0: Exactly. Well, trust me, I'm a play-by-play man for junior football, and I've gotten the privilege of sitting in and watching some junior game film.
1: There's a better feed than that in the (laughs) PFC. The Hilltops have better cameras than that. Oh, man. It's the interesting part was that the Ty Cats had a stream the day before, and it was professional. They had a halftime show. They they had everything. They had Rod Black and Chris Schultz calling the game. Well, and I, I the think, next day, nope. <laughs> I, I think a large part of that
0: was TSN for whatever reason didn't anticipate the kind of demand there would be for CFL streaming, which again is a whole other rant in itself. The yeah. fact that I you know, I need a TSN Go account, and I, I'm sure lots of people here in Saskatchewan can relate with me that it was only recently, I believe, that TSN Go finally started including SaskTel, but th- the demand for streaming is there, so at least put on a quality product. I mean, right now, you're getting lapped by every university in the country. You can go online to any university, like the U of S or whatever, because I know I do a lot of play-by-play for the U of S here in Saskatoon, you can watch any men's, women's hockey game, men's, women's basketball, volleyball, all professionally done with commentators. So I don't know, like you couldn't find some intern at Ryerson sitting there in Toronto saying, hey, son, you want to do some play by play? Like, it's just it, again, if that was a regular season game with no audio, by that point, you would kind of know the principles and, and the guys who are actually playing in that line. But but for a preseason game, like, come on, man.
1: <laughs> well said. Like that was I mean cuz I help out with Red Deer College here doing volleyball and basketball and those are streamed too. Yeah. And <laughs> because I know people in Manitoba if they're on I think MTS, they couldn't watch it because nope. they don't have MTS. And I think that's the biggest asset that the new commissioner Jeffrey Orridge, brings to the league. He's very Very up to date when it comes to the streaming and things like that. So hopefully he can push that with the CFL into the future.
0: Well, I'll be one of the first to admit, Travis. One of the only things keeping me from going strictly Netflix and being a cable cutter is the fact that I can't get a reliable CFL stream without a TV subscription. If I could pay for you know, CFL 55 yard line and watch every game, much like the Rogers game center for the NHL, you know, that would make me happier than a pig and you know what. So it will be interesting to see in the coming years as that broadcast agreements locked in with TSN and they do a fantastic job that this is not a slam on TSN. It's just, I'd like to see them offer more wide stream streaming of, of the preseason of, I mean, hell, there are some fans that are so diehard they'd watch streams of mock games out there.
1: <laughs> I did wa I did hear that next season every preseason game will be on. I mean, the FIFA Women's World Cup is using up a lot of their resources. So yeah,
0: that no, that. that makes sense. No, that makes a lot of sense. Then I mean, if it's a one year, if it's a one year thing, I, I can deal with seeing my Blue Bombers shot through a loaf of bread from uh, the CN Tower and for a game that's <laughs> you know at Varsity Stadium. Uh, so let's hope that uh, that improves for next year.
1: And did you hear, this is really cool, so North Dakota, the University of North Dakota has to come up with a new name for the Fighting Sioux because they're not allowed to use that anymore? Yeah. And one of the seven final names is the Rough Riders. Actually,
0: fun fact, the Rough Riders is leading in fan voting as of this morning. Really? <laughs> really. I was talking to Weston Dressler this morning, and a friend of mine, Kim Tuohy, Global TV here in Saskatoon, asked him about, you know, hey, what do you th- what do you think of the new names? And Dressler said, man, it's cool. You know, they should just make him Mr. Rough Rider. You know, he dominated the record books there, yeah. and he's, you know, been a great CFL for years. So I think if UND becomes the Rough Riders, we just call Weston Dressler Mr. Rough Rider from now on.
1: That 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 is so cool because... Basically, University of North Dakota and North Dakota State are like the Rough Riders' international farm system. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, yeah. yeah, between Greg Harden, Weston Dressler. Yeah. Ryan Smith. Ryan Smith coming from across the state. Yeah, no, you are bang on with that. It's it's a good name, and I, and I, I think fans in UND, they've – They've heard it before, obviously, if they've followed any of their football guys, and we all know how crazy a bunch of you all watermelon heads are. You're probably all going on to the website just to vote Rough Riders so somebody else will have (laughs) your name because you're so sad that it's not the Ottawa Rough Riders against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in a nine-team league anymore.
1: Hey, there was a space in Ottawa Rough Riders.
0: (laughs) The Ottawa Space Rough Riders take on the Saskatchewan one-words. (laughs) <laughs> I can't even make a joke about somebody scoring a rouge in a seven six game because this happened in like the eighties. <laughs> I was I was in existence when this was a thing.
1: Oh, I love it! Uh, the news last week was that the season could be moving up two weeks. As soon as next season, you think this is awesome. I love it.
0: I absolutely love it.
1: If you want to keep fans of the
0: stands, let's face it, attendance for the CFL, as soon as the cold weather starts coming, it starts taking a nosedive as far as your live games are concerned. I get it. People are always going to bundle up for playoff games. They're going to show up. But even some of those haven't been super well attended lately when going up against the cold weather. You can call me a softie or whatever you want to call me, but I know, like, even me being a diehard CFL guy and loving the game, it's a tough sell to sit there and go, okay, I'm going to sit in minus 40. Two weeks to most say, oh, you know, it's not a huge difference. But just think think of the temperature around Halloween compared to the temperature at the end of November Halloween you still might have a chance for some nice days I get it there's going to be cold days I mean hell there can be a cold day in August but I think for fans actually attending games you're going to make it a lot easier I think you're going to see attendance go up big time if you make this move the only tough part is going to be the timing of, of the draft and training camp might be a little more difficult but I think it's a necessary evil because right now Rather than going to a game in late September, October, where I know it's going to get chilly but as soon as the sun goes down, I can sit on my couch, I can drink my cheap beer, I can eat my cheap popcorn, and I can watch in glorious high definition. You need to make sure that my experience as a fan is great so I'll continue paying for your $6 beers when taking trips to places like Mosaic Stadium, Investors Group Field. I love this idea. I've always been very vocal about the fact that the season should be moved up two
1: weeks. And this is why I'm okay with it moving up two weeks. I'm okay with that because, it, you, like you said, it doesn't mess up the draft or anything like that, and we're, the Stanley Cup just ended on Monday. Yes. So we're not competing with the Stanley Cup. I do, however, don't think two weeks makes much of a difference weather-wise. Two years ago, I was in Regina. That West semifinal? Oh, my <laughs> God! <laughs> That was terrible. The Grey Cup in comparison, and I know we got really lucky on Grey Cup Sunday. Because yeah, the we Fridays. did
0: because you and I were there and we froze our butts off everywhere we went. I basically had to huddle beside you for warmth.
1: <laughs> but the West Semi, I went to that game and that was terrible. So moving it up two weeks would just mean that the Grey Cup would be in that weather. Well, to, to me, though,
0: the West Semi was an anomaly. And I look at the fact that, that when, like right now in Saskatoon, it was 25 degrees and sunny today. And that's kind of normal temperatures for this time in June. To me, you're going to see, you're right, come playoff time, there's not going to be a whole world of difference. But what every CFL team is going to gain is you're going to gain probably at least one regular season game and both your preseason games all falling within those nice weather months of late may early june rather than having a meaningless game perhaps take place you know the end of october where it's cold and you, you know you you don't want to go when the games get meaningless if it's going to be adverse weather if that those games get bumped up to mid october you know you still again have some nice weather mid october especially out here in western canada any of our listeners in southern ontario are going what are you talking about it's still like 20 degrees outside then But because
1: historically, and and I would argue that the the attendance really picks up Labor Day and moving forward, it's the semifinal games that are struggling with attendance. Because everybody says that the second CFL season starts Labor Day. So that's when people really start packing the stands. In the summer months, everybody disagrees. Should they be Friday? Should they be Saturday? Should there be Sunday? Everybody is going to the lake. Everybody's away. They don't want to go watch a football game in the fall time, September, October. They're going to want to go watch football because that is football weather. I think it's that semi final weekend that always struggles. And I don't know if it's because they don't put the tickets on sale soon enough or what it is. But even in, I think it was Montreal last year. Uh, because the Edmonton-Saskatchewan semifinal last year, mm-hmm. that was as cold as hell too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but again I, I go back to my point I mean if you look at the if you look at the average daily temperatures through the month of October I've got we're going to use Regina's example right now because that's that's where I most often go to games living in Saskatoon you're right or not and, and Regina I think is a fair comparison for most of Western Canada October 31st your average high in Regina is six your average low is minus 5. You bump that up two weeks or 20 days to be exact to the 11th, it's twice as warm during the day getting to plus 12, and it only dips to minus 1 as your low. That's your average low you know, during the night. I get it. Again, it can be warmer, it can be colder. I just think that you're going to have more people at those late games with the bump up two weeks, and I think you're actually going to have more people. At, I mean, <clears throat> people are going to go to their team's home opener no matter what. Yep it's only nine home games so you say your argument of saying well people want to go to the lake yeah so go and like how how often do teams play back-to-back weekends at home it's it's a rare occurrence and the way the cfl scheduling is working especially will work moving forward with the toronto argonauts moving to bmo field and not getting handed a list of saying guess what you're playing on a tuesday at four o'clock it's gonna it's gonna help. I think it's a great move. It's a great move for fans. They're gonna get more early season weather, better late season weather. and you're bang on. I get it. the playoffs are always gonna be cold, but I can gear up for a playoff game because it's got some meaning. I can't gear up for game the last game in the regular season when the playoffs are already determined.
1: and regardless, I would say the league thirty years ago gate driven now all the money comes from that TV deal. It's not as much gate driven as it used to be
0: well tv deal and merchandise but you still need your gate i mean that's been proven everywhere that you still need that gate attendance look at why the toronto argonauts are bleeding money they're playing in a terrible facility and you know the cost of putting that facility open i mean they're they're losing money every team it looks at like in the cfl is at least some degree of stable some are more profitable than others but I still think you need that big gate, and I think moving it up to June, you're adding at least one or two games, depending on the weather in fall, that you'll have that huge gate, and you'll have lots of casual fans there because there's nothing better than football when it's nice and warm and sunny outside.
1: Really interesting news as well um, regarding the CFL cutting ties with the Canadian Centre for Ethics in Sport. I was shocked about that. This one is just such...
0: I don't know which way to go on this one. This to me has descended into he said, she said a little bit where the Canadian Center for Ethics and Sport is saying, hey, you know, we're failing these guys and there's no real punishment. While the CFL is coming out and saying, well, we have a drug policy. We're just not going to publicly shame these guys. And yet you have kids that are in their last year of CIS eligibility who fail drug tests and are getting into the CFL with no repercussions. I, I think there's there's a lot of gray areas there. Um, Yeah, uh, again, to me, my take has always been if you want to take performance enhancing drugs and do damage to your body and the rest of your life, especially in a league where, let's face it, your average salary is $80,000 a year. If you want to ruin large chunks of your life moving forward out of football for $80,000 a year, hell, go right ahead.
1: I will say this. Didn't steroids save baseball in the 90s? No, steroids absolutely saved baseball. Save.
0: <laughs> and and maybe, maybe it's the generation that you and I grew up in that it just seemed like steroids were always in baseball and they were always in football and everybody talks about cleaning up the game. You know what? I just don't care anymore. I just don't. It's exhausting. Uh, the CFL... You know, nobody's saving face by into this relationship, but let's face it, I don't think anybody out there cares that a guy's juicing in the CFL like they would have two or three decades ago. Everybody that wants to do it will find a way to do it illegally, and the CFL doesn't have the money or the resources to pursue these guys. You know, you don't even if there was a drug kingpin out there like A Rod working for a firm like Biogenesis in the CFL. You're not going to – the CFL doesn't have the money or or the time or the people to go after these guys or the legal team. So to me – I don't know, I'm I'm not saying I'm pro-steroids, I'm not saying go juice your kid, but if a guy's doing it, I just, I just don't care anymore. I just don't. And if you're going to have a relationship with the Canadian Centre for Ethics in Sport, give it some teeth, then make your game clean. None of this fuzzy gray area, and I'm almost glad to see that both sides just said, you know what, this isn't working, let's walk away from this.
1: I almost compare uh, steroids to concussions because now we're learning about... What concussions do and their yeah. long-lasting effects, and now it was about twenty years ago, fifteen years ago, that we know the long-lasting effects of steroids and yeah. what they do to the body.
0: No, and that's and that's a good point. And again, I'm still of the opinion that for an average salary of of eighty thousand dollars a year, if you wanna put yourself through those lasting effects go right ahead screw up your own life man because you're going to have a long you're probably going to spend more time of your life not playing football if you're a cfl player than you are have of playing football in the cfl what's the average career length for most guys it's under it's under eight years that's like three
1: or four years like the average i mean the stars last but most guys they really don't yeah michael sam (laughs) He is dominating headlines. Now, right now, as it stands, I don't know how much weight there is to this, but the rumor is that he overheard somebody at camp saying, well, Michael Sam's not really a very good football player. Sam heard this. it He took it personally, and he left.
0: Yeah, I, again, I don't, I don't like to speculate on rumors, but I mean they're coming from a pretty good source. Uh, it, it's yeah. a source reporting to Herb Zukowski of the Mon- of one of the Montreal papers. There, he's always been a respected writer. He's not going to throw something out there uh, un- unless there's some truth to it. Now, uh, from everything I read, he started real slow. He had a hard time getting used to the Canadian game, but was coming along. And the Alouettes had invested reportedly over a hundred thousand dollars a year in this guy to play defensive line and give him a chance to play. I'm sure he has. I mean, if he is sorting out something personally you know all the power to him for stepping away and to go home and get his head straight maybe he just figured out his he's just getting paid in Canadian dollars and right now the dollar against the American (laughs) dollars is worth nothing and he needs some time to figure it out but uh, again I've always been one to say that you know all the best of success to this kid but he's coming in with 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 so much pressure on him right now because the fact he is the first openly gay football player and who knows how a young man is going to deal with that maybe this is his way maybe it's his way of stepping away maybe he didn't like some of the criticism of of his playing because let's face it if you're an alouette's veteran you walk into training camp they're not selling your jersey they're not selling jonathan crompton jerseys they're not selling brandon whitaker jerseys at training camp they're selling michael sam jerseys you know if you're an al's veteran you're naturally probably going to look at this guy with your eyebrow raised and go all right son you need to prove yourself if you're going to be the star in this team
1: I think this just shows how good of a game we really have here in Canada. Everybody brushes it to the side, you know, saying NFL this, NFL that. It takes a different athlete to play here. I'm not saying anybody's better, and I'm done saying any league is better than the other. I'm saying that they are different. Because a 250-pound linebacker probably won't be able to cover up here in Canada. No, no. (laughs) Down
0: south. It's just different. The analogy I always like to bring up is I like lager beers. I also like ales. I like them both equally. They're both completely different. But I like them both. The, the,
1: hey, the one
0: one is the other. You know, it's this. It, it, it's almost like saying I like I like pie. You know what? I'm a fan of pie. I like apple. Oh, pie. Oh, I love
1: pumpkin pie. I love <laughs> apple pie. I love Saskatoon pie.
0: You just love every pie.
1: You're right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But that's that's what I mean. Every pie has its appeal. You know, your favorite might be apple, but you're still going to eat a slice of blueberry, lemon meringue, or chocolate if it's offered to you. I mean, I'm an apple pie guy. The CFL to me is my apple pie. But if, you know, you came by with a big old slice of NFL cherry pie, I would go, you know what? I'll have a, I'll have a little slice of that as well. So <laughs> it's, it's you're right. You're bang on. It's, it's a different game, and, and maybe Sam realized that, that. And plus, the kid's been out of football for a year. Yeah, he did his dancing with the stars thing. And, and I mean, I know you have to be in shape to dance, but I don't think you have to be in defensive lineman shape to dance. He was a project <laughs> all along. They had to pay more for him because of his name and because of his upside. And he's probably just feeling the pressure. I hope he comes back to Montreal because Jim Pop said it back best. If he doesn't, his career is done. He's not going to get signed in the NFL. Nobody else in the CFL is going to take a crack at the kid. And and good on the Alouettes. Move into the suspended list. Give him that door open. Maybe we even see him come back after training camp. And But the thing he's going to quickly learn is if he's not on the game day roster, that hundred grand a year quickly turns into, uh, I believe, uh, 12 donuts and some itchaban noodles when you're on the practice <laughs> roster.
1: I am actually quite disappointed because a lot of Americans come up thinking it's going to be easy and then they take off. I thought Sam was different. I honestly thought that he wanted to put an honest effort in and he wanted to learn our game. And Montreal was open about it. They didn't really expect him to start this year. This was a 2016 move, yep. uh, Jim Pop was recently saying. So I, I thought the guy was going to put the work in just so he could play football for a number of years. But
0: And who knows? He He might still. He might go home. He might yeah. have some self reflection, and he might go, "Okay, I'm in this thing long term."
1: Let's get to the
2: fantasy news. Time for the fantasy expose on the Two and Out podcast. I watched three of the past five
1: preseason games, and the first few games early in the week, mm-hmm. uh, Ty Cats game on Ottawa, Winnipeg, and Toronto, they seem to do okay with the new rules. <laughs> Montreal, Ottawa, Saskatchewan, and Edmonton did not. <laughs> How many big plays are going to get called back? I, I just, I just picture myself sitting there. Yeah.
0: Oh no, <laughs> that, that's a, that's a flag. Well, I can tell you from covering Rough Rider training camp. Uh, one thing that that both the coaches and players talked about, and this came from both uh, Corey Chamberlain and Weston Dressler in the days that followed. They both felt that. That officiating crew called it tight. The words that Dressler used today were tighter than we expected. Oh, uh, Corey Chamberlain said there was a few that we felt weren't a penalty. Uh, I'm summarizing here. I don't remember the exact quote, but basically Chamberlain said there's a few that they didn't think was a penalty. And he believes the vi- the officials are going to work at it. I mean, neither of them were slamming the officials. They both kind of said, listen, it's preseason for these guys, too. They've got to adapt to these new rules. They got to get it figured out. So and and two for for Montreal and Saskatchewan, that was their first crack at preseason football and, and Edmonton as as well. That was their first crack at preseason football. So, I mean, it's one thing to try to obey the rules in practice when you got a coach, you know, throwing a flag. It's another when the lights are on and we got the full officiating crew out. So I, I, I think I'm waiting to see how this looks like in the first week of the regular season. I used the NHL analogy a couple weeks ago, and I think that's going to continue to ring true. Um that you're going to see a pile of penalties to start with, and then things are going to relax, much like when the NHL came out of the lockout. The one, to me, that's going to make the bigger difference is the punt return rule. You looked yeah. you looked at Nick Dembski ran off a big return because the, that set—basically, again, talking to Dressler today about the impact of that, even Dressler said, I think there will always be some contact— Uh, when it comes to receiving but he says he flat out said there's going to be more holes on punt returns because basically instead of dealing with one wave of players you're dealing with two waves you get through the first wave then you got the five guys that are running downfield I I think we're going to see a lot of big returns fantasy wise if you've got a guy like Dressler on your board that does some returning move him up a couple spots uh that's that's my biggest observation from some of the CFL games here I think returners uh with the new scoring that they actually get their own points at their own positions they just became a hell of a lot more valuable
1: does it look like uh, Dembski is going to be able to return at all uh, in the season or is that still Dressler's job
0: Um, as I still think it's going to be Dressler's job to start, only because Dembski, he put one on the ground in the preseason opener, Saskatchewan and Edmonton, and then he did it again today. The riders were working on some kickoff stuff at practice, and Dembski put another one to the ground and asking Coach Chamberlain afterwards. He flat out said, "Yeah, Nick's impressed me, but he's also done some things that haven't impressed me. He's put he put the ball on the ground in that game against Edmonton, and he put the ball on the ground at practice today. He's going to need to clean that up if he wants to make the
1: roster." And we watched what Chamberlain did early in the season last year with Saskatchewan with the fumble issues. Oh, he, if hates, you fumble, he hates you fumble. You are out.
0: That's right. You fumble. You are done. You are done. Yep, Here's exactly. your bus ticket. <laughs>
1: Did anything stand out to you on the top of your head from uh, the games last week?
0: I think I, I think I'm I'm with you. Which just ended up being well, two things uh stood out to me. I think we're going to see a lot of flags to start off the season like I mentioned the yep. uh, the returning thing and uh my boast that Ottawa is going to get to 12 wins uh might not <laughs> uh, might not be so good. Uh I only Yeah,
1: Hamilton's uh, depth really uh flex their muscles in the first game, and then Montreal, of course... Looks good, but again, it's game one. Pre-season. It is well, it is, Ottawa game two.
0: Too. It is well. That's again, that's a that's a weird thing. But uh, to me, I, I I liked what I saw out of Brandon Bridge. I think Bridge can start in this league, and he might get a chance. Would be super cool uh, for a Canadian quarterback. He didn't get a lot. of I point have in time. this
1: written down. There are still three Canadian quarterbacks on rosters now. Two of them saw time: Andrew Buckley in Calgary, who actually I think he went eight of ten for seventy-two yards. Bridge went 4 of 8. He had 52 yards and a touchdown. No Jordan Yance is in Winnipeg. He didn't see any time in the preseason game. And I think Buckley's going to go back to school. But Bridge, yeah, I'm with you. I think he may be able to see some time in the regular season.
0: You're bang on, Kerr. I really like what Brandon Bridge did. Uh, I don't know if he'll be fantasy relevant this year, but... As far as Montreal's quarterbacks are concerned, I've been saying for a long time this is wide open. If he can learn the Canadian game quick, a that would be just a just a cool story to see him come out as a Canadian guy and be a starter uh, in this league. Now you mentioned Andrew Buckley. Andrew Buckley to me, he's one of those guys that would really benefit if the if the ratio was if if quarterbacks counted towards the ratio. Because Buckley, to me, I watch him firsthand covering the U of S Huskies. He plays for the Calgary Dinos, and he's been absolutely untouchable for the past few years. He's one guy that he does have eligibility left. If he was if he was to come out and they, they could count towards the ratio, I've seen him firsthand. He's good enough to to play in the Canadian Football League and and I really hope the best for him. Uh Jordan Yance, he's phenomenally talented, dominated at, at the junior level. Another guy I got to watch a lot firsthand, uh playing in Canada West. If the bombers aren't playing him, basically if he didn't see time in that first preseason game, I can't really See him sticking around with Winnipeg unless they want to offer him a practice roster spot again. In hopes that rule is changing, but obviously the teams, somebody's lobbying for that can it, that change to the quarterback rules because all of these teams are reaching out and giving CIS kids serious development time. It'll be inter- interesting to see. I'm really keeping an eye on Buckley to see how much he plays in the second uh, preseason week. Uh, but I I think uh, Bridge is is going to play. He's going to see a lot, him and Crompton. I think Bridge might end up being the primary backup out in Montreal.
1: Yeah, that'd be really cool. And the first preseason game, it's not about who's going to start this year. Especially at quarterback, it's almost about who's going to be your starter in five years.
0: Yeah, it, it's about it's about looking at the guys that you're probably going to put on your practice roster or your yeah. seventh offensive lineman, those guys. I mean, there's a reason the teams bring 70 guys to
1: these, right? But there were a couple quarterbacks that really stood out. In Saskatchewan, Brett Smith stood out, basically pushing Tino Sinceri off of the roster. I thought he looked great, and in B.C., uh, Jonathan Jennings really stood out, and he could end up being because Travis Partridge got cut in uh, the first cut down day on Sunday. Jonathan Jennings, I think he has a clearer path to being a starter in the CFL yes. someday because of Travis Lule and the questions there. Uh, Brett Smith, I think he could be a starter someday. I don't know if it'll happen with Saskatchewan. Kind of like I could see him being uh, in two years, kind of like the Drew Willie situation a couple of years ago in Saskatchewan where he was backing up uh, Durant because I think Durant is going to be playing for another six or seven years at least. The
0: shape he's in and the size he is, his body can take an absolute beating and just keep getting up. I think you're bang on there. Uh, Brett Smith to me is the kind of guy, I mean he has absolute tremendous upside remember this is a guy in brett smith who declared early for the nc for the nfl draft because he was told by some scouts as an ncaa guy listen you're good enough to get drafted and you know how the rule works south of the border once you declare for the ncaa draft you can't go back to school went to toronto he was essentially a camp body he was actually uh, got to interview the kid he was working at his grandpa's vineyard and being oh. a bartender, when he said to himself, he's like, you know what? I'm not done. His agent reached out to all nine CFL clubs. The riders showed the most interest. They bought him, brought him aboard. And, yeah, he he put Tino Sinceri out of a job. But, I mean, the argument could always come down. And I've always been one. I I, I get that Tino is well-liked here in this province because he's a well-spoken guy. He's a nice guy. He's a great interview. He's just not that good of a quarterback. I'm sorry. It's – He's not that good. He had his chance. I think
1: he shows flashes and that's what's so frustrating I think like he he's got this rifle of an arm and if he could harness it I think there's something there. I, but, I don't he, know but if he, it's right for Saskatchewan, though. But he
0: can't harness it. He's been in the league for three years. Yeah. If he would have harnessed it, you wouldn't have seen the Riders go completely in the tank and turn to a 41-year-old guy who was coaching in the NFL down at the time. And to me, no Kerry, Kerry Joseph looked just as good in that Riders' offense as Tino Sinceri did. So if you're not showing any upside, especially as that third stringer, you're not going to have a job. Now, do I think Tino could still end up somewhere else? Yes, because he has some CFL experience. If some more quarterbacks go down he's the kind of guy you want on your roster because he has played games before but and again the Riders' brass said it best they wanted tino to contend for kevin glenn's job once it became obvious he wasn't they went in a different direction with their third string quarterback you don't need three three guys who have all hit their ceilings you need a developmental guy in that third spot but the Riders even said brett smith hasn't won that job yet as the third string quarterback they may still bring in a veteran depending how he looks in this friday's game
1: Oh, that—that that is very interesting, of course, against Calgary in uh, Regina. Uh, there's still a couple situations that aren't solved. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers running back situation Blah. is not figured out. Blah. Because I went into the year saying Paris Cotton finally is going to have a full season and you know and he's going to put up some big numbers but he touched the ball five times he got negative yards he fumbled the ball so that situation is going to be figured out in their second preseason game
0: well the winnipeg rushers uh i'll i'll buy you a, a, a timmy's uh, i'll buy you a danish and a double double next time you're in saskatoon if you can name me the bombers leading rusher from the preseason game against winnipeg or against toronto
1: was the quarterback, Marv.
0: Yay! Hey, I owe you a Danish <laughs> and a double-double. When your quarterback is leading the way in rushing, that's not good. Uh, I think, to me, Winnipeg... I mean, oh, their, their quarterbacks... I mean, Portis had 16 yards. Marv had 41 yards. Braum had 5. Cotton had 0. Randall had minus 4. It, it just... <laughs> I don't know, man. I know Winnipeg. I think
1: the big sleeper here now is Carlos Anderson. Now, he only touched the ball twice, but he got 22 yards. He ripped off one of them
0: was for 20. It was a good rip.
1: But he did return a punt for a touchdown. So they maybe have him there with Studemeyer out. But Anderson, as the season goes on, he might get more touches in Calgary. He looked pretty good. Well, I'm not... Or Winnipeg, sorry. I'm not too
0: concerned. See, with Winnipeg right now, you have to take... When they're not playing their starters, you have to take everything with a grain of salt. The Joe Mack era screwed up their Canadian talent to the point that it's, it, it's, it's terrible. I mean... Their, like, their Canadian depth in Winnipeg is 18 degrees of awful. It's getting much, much, much better now with Kyle mm-hmm. Walters. So the O-line there, that is the Winnipeg running back situation. I wouldn't completely write those guys off. This, watch what they do with the starters this weekend. When the starters are in there, when that starting offense is out there for Winnipeg and you have the legitimate threat that Drew Willie's going to air it out like he can – Keep an eye on who gets the most carries, and keep an eye on, on who busts off a big run or two, because that might be the guy who wins the starting job. A lot of these guys were seeing some time behind Winnipeg O-lines that might not be able to stop you or me. That's an exaggeration, <laughs> obviously, but I, I mean... Slight. Slight. I mean, the Winnipeg's, <laughs> Winnipeg's depth, especially on that line, is not particularly strong, so really that's one to really pay attention to this weekend and see if somebody emerges and if that guy emerges i'm not spending a first round pick on him but i might take a flyer at him
1: and i know hamilton is banged up but they got a test against the hamilton uh front seven
0: oh yeah <laughs> they've got a test yeah, that is that is an understatement. Uh, <laughs> Hamilton, I remember, used to be the laughing stock. <laughs> Hamilton sucks, but uh, yep. you're right. Now they're terrifying, and they're, again, one of the best teams in the league. So if somebody can put up big numbers against that Hamilton front seven, move them up the draft board a, a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, that Winnipeg situation, I'm definitely not spending a first-round pick on any of those guys.
1: I'm watching Eskimos running backs, too. I, I know some people were saying, Kendall Lawrence can carry the ball. No, he
0: won't. He's a receiver. He's lining
1: up at slot back, and he's going to be returning kicks.
0: Yeah, they they wouldn't have brought in Chad Sim- Simpson if they were going to move Lawrence to running back. That's that became so painfully obvious the minute after White went down with a torn Achilles. Shakir Bell was tweeting out that he's the guy. He's going to be yep. the guy. And by all observers, including the the fine folks at, at Chad, who are the host broadcaster of Eskimos Football, they were all tweeting that it's going to be down between bell and the newly signed chad simpson now chad simpson has some good upside he's got some injury problems and some fumble problems so i don't know if they're going to trust the guy i mean there's definitely it's going to be bell's job to lose in edmonton and he's a guy i would be targeting uh, with one of your first running back picks
1: yeah bell still has the the edge there right now. Simpson looked like he got a little nicked up at the end of the game in Fort McMurray. And speaking of the Eskimos and quarterbacks, there is another guy, James Franklin in Edmonton. Yeah. He is going to be a starter in this league in a few years.
0: But he's he's one guy, much like when we bring up uh, Smith in Saskatchewan, Franklin is going to be behind, obviously, Mike Riley and he'll also be behind Nichols. Uh, he, he might not start this year. You might see him in some short yardage kind of situations. He's an athletic guy and i think he's proven he could throw the ball as well so he could be you know he could run some of those uh, fake uh, fake plunge plays where the guy actually throws it out on second and short but uh to me uh, not fantasy relevant just this year yet
1: i do believe that this is a contract year for matt nichols so james franklin could be the primary backup in 2016 yes um some receivers I'm watching in Calgary. It looks like Fuller was a little banged up. So, Eric Rogers, the guy you want there. Now, he came out of nowhere at the end of last season. Then he had five catches for 108 yards in the Grey Cup. I think he is going to put up numbers with the Stampeders this year. And another thing last week from the preseason games in Toronto, Tory Gurley is going to be fun to watch <laughs> in a half of football he only played a half he had seven catches 188 yards including a 72 yard bomb for a touchdown so this guy might be one of those sleepers that comes out of nowhere to take late in your drafts
0: well and another thing too with the cfl always make sure to get on a guy a week early than a week too late ignore the names when you're drafting if your drafts are happening next week Go with the talent. Guys like Rogers who come on hard at the end of the season, those are usually guys who are starting to emerge. He's going to have to earn the job to be in Calgary. But if he's got some experience from last year and he was good and he was great in the Grey Cup, that's a guy that you start taking a look at. There are going to be guys in your league who might not know who he is and go grab him. Go out and get him. Spend. Again, he's not a first. He's not a first round guy but if it's between him and maybe a guy like Fred Stamps who has the name but might not have everything left in the tank I still think Stamps has a bounce back year but that's not saying that if it comes down to Rodgers and Stamps that they're not equal. I would maybe take a flyer on Rodgers over the guy with the I name. I think
1: the upside of Rodgers is a lot bigger than uh, Stamps upside this year.
0: Oh, and, oh bang on. His upside, especially if you're in keeper leagues, I know there's a few of those yep. out there uh, he's definitely one and you're right with uh, with Gurley, I- I'm going to to be real interested to see what he does again this week, and if he can, I mean, I don't expect him to rip off another 188 yards second half of football, but if he gets some targets, uh, you know, early on, he's going to be a guy that that maybe moves up my draft board uh, if it's starting to look like he's going to be a relevant part of that Toronto offense. Now, uh, Toronto's quarterback situation still still worries me a little bit.
1: Uh, yeah, and we'll get to that when we talk injuries and yeah. signings. Uh, one last thing from last week's preseason games, Terrence. Tolliver and Hamilton looked great. He's a sleeper of mine late in fantasy drafts. And Terrence Jeffers Harris actually looked pretty good for B.C. Yeah,
0: I, I always knew that he had the upside for whatever reason. He just didn't work out uh, with the Blue Bombers and then with the Tiger Cats. He's a couple years more mature, so maybe any issues that uh, he was having personally. But, I mean, he had a 62-yard long. Obviously, the wheels are still there. Three grabs that let all BC receivers. There's a guy that I would be targeting late in drafts, uh, especially – I grab him late in a draft because if Travis Lule is healthy, uh, Luley flat out admitted he won't be able to give 100% on each throw this year, but he says, well, that's just football. You're not giving 100% on every throw all the time, but he could be a deep target for Travis Luley in those, you know, three times a game that he trusts his uh, SpaghettiOs arm and uh, lets her fly without hopefully his arm falling out of his socket. <laughs>
1: And by the way, Lule did say, or the Lions did say, Lule would be seeing the field a lot in their upcoming preseason game against Edmonton. And as we saw last week, Chris Jones, not shy about a blessing in the preseason, so... (laughs) <laughs> they are nope. going to put him to work. Oh, they will. And I like what Jones
0: is doing. I know some people were saying, oh, why are you always bringing the blitz? Well, because, you know, with Chris Jones, he's going to bring the blitz. So he needs to see if his players can perform with what he's going to do in the preseason, whether the other teams like it or not. He's he, You're going to have to see, can these guys fit what I'm going to do defensively?
1: Hey, at least he's shaking hands now.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a step up.
1: Let's see if, if he can make all 18 O-Canadas this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, Somebody buy that man a watch. Yeah. A <laughs> couple interesting signings. I know some people, I, I didn't really get this, but Tim Brown is signed in Calgary after the Stampeders let Jock Sanders go. And what a couple of years he had. He won the Grey Cup in Calgary. He won it in Saskatchewan. So... Tim Brown is there to be a kick return guy. People are saying, is he going to threaten Cornish for the job? No, he'll be returning <laughs> kicks. Somebody Cornish, said that? W- yes, Cornish, <laughs> Walters, Come on. and uh, Toastin are going to be the running backs in Calgary if Toastin can even stick his he'll have nothing to do
0: (laughs) no because calgary runs a canadian at that spot because cornish's backup is walter they have to if you throw anybody else back there means you got to take a you got to take an international off someplace else teams that are built like calgary with the canadian backup for the canadian starter are basically saying hey all season long, this is where our spot's going to be. That doesn't mean they're not going to sub in a guy like Tostin, who's a big man. He was in Riders yes, camp. Yes, he is. He is a big man. He might be your goal line kind of guy, and you flip out uh, another Canadian someplace else. But no, Tim Brown is not going to to threaten for the job. But on, on the same note, with kick returners... Getting their own points this year, he he's might. Interesting. He's interesting. He might be the kind of guy that that you put and and keep on your bench and, and see what see what he brings to the table in terms of scoring. If he busts a couple big ones, and who knows? Sometimes there are those weeks. That your, that your starter is on a bye. You've got to grab somebody off the yep. waiver wire. Why not grab a guy who has the ability to return punts? He probably won't see the field much. I mean, we're all waiting for the inevitable Cornish injury, but when that happens, it's going to be Walter's ball to run with.
1: Last year, he didn't see the field a lot, but he had a 27-yard average on kick returns, so he can still produce at that position. Now, another signing. I I couldn't believe this, but Ricky Ray, he's now on the 6-game injured list, so they have signed Adrian McPherson. And I I sent out a tweet the other day, is he the CFL's best third and short plunger of all time? <laughs> he very well could be, but remember a
0: couple of years ago, when McPherson decided to go to the Arena Football League over the CFL, now now take yourself back to that free agency signing period, there was talks that he was going to sign as a starter in some places. There was rumors that Winnipeg was looking at him as a starting quarterback, and then he decided to go to the Arena Football League route. I don't know. I obviously the the f- matchbox football is a completely different game. It'll be interesting to see if his skills have deteriorated. I know the Toronto is going I, to start- I, did you
1: see his stats down there by the way? No, he I had didn't. like his his touchdown to interception ratio was like 35 touchdowns and 5 picks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, so and for a long time people thought he was going to take over for Anthony Calvillo,
0: and it looked like it. Like I said, when he was a free agent, I, I people were talking about him as a potential starter. Now we'll see how quickly he can transition back to the Canadian game, but he's a nice backup option if if the Argonauts aren't completely sold on Trevor Harris. And Harris is a four year veteran in this league, and he's you know he's kind of in that Tino Sinceri spot where it's like okay. It's yours now. Go prove you deserve it. And if not, McPherson might be getting a start sooner than later because I'm starting to think Ricky Ray's shoulder might be out longer term than everybody's letting on.
1: Yeah, they put him on the sixth game. Now, of course, this means he will miss at least one. They can pull him off early if they want to, but I don't think they are. And that, to me, puts Toronto that you can't own them. No, you can't. No. They are the worst.
0: No, uh, unless again you're doing with my strategy of just taking the last quarterback that uh, that gets there. But right now, but tro- even if
1: if it's Toronto B C at the end, I'm not taking Toronto.
0: No, I'm taking B C because at least if Lule's Spaghetti shoulder manages to stay together, <laughs> you've got tremendous upside now. I wouldn't be surprised to see Ricky Ray out for more than those six games. They're, I mean, he's getting a little older. They're not going to rush him back just to play. But on the same note, I do believe that Harris and McPherson do have some upside. I see much more upside with lay and BC, though, if you're looking at your question mark quarterback situations.
1: Just throw uh, screens nonstop to Chad Owens.
0: <laughs> and Anthony Coombs.
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh, they got Durant. So they do have some weapons. They have some so. weapons
0: who can who are playmakers in space. Yeah. Just, it's a matter of getting them the ball. But you look at what happened to the uh, the fantasy stats of every single Saskatchewan Rough Rider receiver the minute that Durant went down, and you just hope the same thing doesn't happen in Toronto. I'm bumping some of those big Toronto guys, Aduri and, and Owens, down my draft board a little bit.
1: Now, final cut down day is coming up on Saturday. Um, I do expect we will see some surprising guys. So, don't, I wouldn't have my draft before Saturday. I know we're doing ours on Sunday, the day after the final cuts. So that is a, that is a good thing. That's our personal league. The, the two and out league is going to draft later in the week. Um, We basically talked about all the cuts from last week. I know Alex Suber is a pretty surprising one. He got cut by the Argonauts, 249 career tackles. It looks like the surprising play of A.J. Jefferson and Travis Hawkins are there. Now, of course, those guys, they're going to be battling. They could be fantasy relevant when it comes to the defensive side of the ball because we expect Toronto's defense is going to be on the field (laughs) quite a bit. But Alex Suber, I can't see him being out of a job for the whole year.
0: No, that that was the most surprising one I think to me on uh, CFL cutdown day number one. Uh, Suber, I don't. He's one of those guys that just just leave him on the waiver wire. Don't try to get fancy and waste a late round pick on him because he'll come in after a couple of weeks, late in the season, if teams aren't happy with what they have. There's enough bodies in training camp right now that every team wants to take a good hard look at. Who they have, what they have before they bring in another veteran guy. Uh, he he didn't really he didn't stick in Winnipeg. Uh, he didn't stick in Toronto. I don't know if it's character issues or what. If he just didn't fit those systems, but he's he's one guy that keep an eye on on the waiver wire. Keep an eye on the CFL transactions page because if he does get signed, he would be irrelevant relevant to play on the defense. But I'd stay away from him in terms of drafting. There's going to be a lot of other guys that have more upside than him that have, Mm -hmm. you know, that are on teams right now.
1: Injury news from the past week two, uh, Ryan Smith got slobber-knockered <laughs> in uh, the Northern kickoff game. Has he seen the field and rider training camp since?
0: Uh, no, uh, light drills on his own, no helmet today. Uh, he worked out in shorts, which is, uh, Chamberlain says he's he's kind of a day or two away. And it was interesting, if you read between the lines, Corey Chamberlain's comments on Ryan Smith and Tyron Brackenridge today He said, yeah, we're waiting to see if either of them is ready to go for next week. He didn't say Friday. He didn't say this week. He says, I need to see a little bit more out of both Brackenridge and Smith to make sure they're ready to go for next week. Uh, I doubt you won't see either of them in Friday's preseason game, uh, but it's at least right now it's looking like they're a good possibility for both of them to return for week one.
1: I did, uh, or we did talk about Ricky Ray. He's on the six-game injured list right now. Do you expect to see him before Labor Day? I don't know if I do. It's, it's,
0: that's, that's, that's tough to say. Uh, That is, that's, yeah, I, I'm really perplexed by that one because I think they're going to give, I mean, he is, he is the franchise there. They're going to give him all the time he needs to heal uh, they'll even accept a. They'll hell. They'll even accept a slow start to the season just to make sure that Ray is healthy and ready to go. I, I again. I said it a few minutes ago. I I think it's worse than they're letting on, and I'm with you. Uh, I wouldn't put money on seeing him before Labor Day. That's for sure. And I like putting um, money we- on things. <laughs> and, and and danishes and double doubles.
1: Yeah, that's where all my money goes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Some late-breaking news here, too, Travis. Just seeing on Twitter that uh, Curtis Steele is out four to six weeks with a meniscus injury. Another big hit there in Toronto uh, on top of the Ricky Ray loss. Now I can tell you right now, Anthony Coombs probably going to be the guy to carry the load in Toronto keep an eye on this during their last preseason game but to me Anthony Coombs just became a hell of a lot more valuable especially considering he's a Canadian
1: Luke Tasker is banged up in Hamilton now as of recording of this podcast we don't know the outlook of uh the severity of that injury it looks like he's going to get evaluated I guess today Wednesday and uh, I guess we're going to find out what is or how long Tasker is going to be out. I think that puts uh, Terrence Tolliver and Bakari Grad. They're going to get more more targets as the season gets underway.
0: Now, Tasker, if you have an injured reserve spot in your draft, take him. He's worth it. Take him because if unless it's a, unless we find out that it's a serious injury, but even I'm looking at a guy like Troy Studemeyer, If your league plays with at least one injured reserve spot. Take it. You can grab somebody off the waiver wire in those, you know, that's going to be just as good as a late round pick, anyways, after your draft is completed. Take a high end guy like that. I mean, don't take him in the first round because you want to waste that pick. But if he's still there, round five or six, and he's going to be out for a couple weeks, take him, stash him on your IR, and then make a decision if somebody else has to go because a guy like that will still have trade value if you do have to utilize your injured reserve spot.
1: And staying with the Tiger Cats, who are very, very banged up. Yes. Um, I know Brian Bulky; he's out for the entire season. Uh, CJ Gable is hurt now. I think it was last week you had talked about how CFL teams massage the suspended list and the transactions and things like that cj gable now on the suspended list now he's not suspended for doing anything wrong he's suspended because he's hurt and they can still have his rights he's suspended because he's
0: hurt and they don't want to put him on the six game list because then you either have to use one of your exemptions to pull him off early if he's ready list so they're gonna suspend him so they can keep warm bodies at camp It's, it's 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 cfl rosters are just like just look at the transactions uh report during training camp it'll boggle your mind a little bit they do some wacky things uh to keep everybody under the league mandated uh roster but oh i it's funny in our previews i kept saying oh avoid the hamilton running back situation avoid the hamilton running back situation to me nick grigsby just became a second round pick
1: because it's he, funny yeah he's now the un- it's he's clear the un- he's, the
0: un- he's the unquestioned starter uh again because medu's out for the year and gable is out uh at least a couple of games. So I I would I would take I would take Grigsby second or third round if you can get him and if you're looking at one of your last picks in your draft and again your team your league utilizes injured reserve I would he, Gable's another one of those guys I'd take I'd put him on the IR and I'd wait to see what happens with him because I still think he's the guy that Hamilton prefers because of his ability to catch passes out of the backfield.
1: It's funny because we spoke about <laughs> the depth in Hamilton's running back situation. And what a difference a few weeks of training camp (laughs) makes because now the depth is Montreal's running back situation. Brandon Rutley, Stefan Logan, Brandon Whitaker, Tyrell Sutton. Whitaker is obviously number one, and then I think they go to Sutton because they want to use Logan on kickoffs. Rutley, in a few years, I think he'll be an interesting guy. He might be on the practice roster again this year, but... One more injury to Brandon Whitaker, which seems to you can basically set your watch to every single year. Yep. He, I know he's burned you a few times. He, he's burned he, me two years he, in a row. Yeah. This, If he gets hurt again, uh, I, I'd say he's done. So those running backs, I would say Tyrell Sutton in Montreal, he's kind of like... If he's around as the last pick of a draft, I would snag him and uh, put him on your bench. Or if you decide to take the gamble with Whitaker, get Sutton. Get him. Yeah, get both of them. Get both
0: of them because you're going to need the handcuff. And I'm not even sure that Whitaker keeps that starting job all year. Sutton proved last year that he's capable of it.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he might be a guy that takes over later in the year regardless. It, do- it doesn't matter if the- Whit- 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 Whitaker's healthy or not.
0: Yeah. Uh, And I would, I'd, I'd be higher. I'd almost be higher in Sutton than I would Whitaker, but I'm not particularly high on either one of those guys.
1: Yeah. So this week, I guess, Thursday, Argos and Alouettes. It looks like we're going to have another, uh, this is really cool. CFL around the table. Now last week was the first couple episodes, the GMs and the coaches. So interesting. I just, I know you didn't get to see it. I set the PVR, PVR and watched them that way. It was so cool to see them all, you know, not yelling at each other, not not at a press conference, you know, with all these microphones in their faces because I don't know how you feel, but Kent Austin, he's always kind of a jerk (laughs) in, in, in media scrums. But on this, he looked so relaxed, like actually a really nice guy. And there was some really cool insight from the GMs and the uh, and the coaches. I do have to say this. Everybody respected Wally Buono so much in the GM around the table that he was almost like uh, the Don. He was like the godfather. <laughs> well, Everybody worshipped him and he's like, I always do a favor for, <laughs> for, for family on my daughter's wedding day. It, <laughs> it is the day of my daughter's wedding. Do you need me to trade you a quarterback I developed? Cause on this day of my daughter's wedding I can
0: trade you another quarterback. I have five of them. I keep developing them. Do you want the quarterback? Uh yes, please, Mr. Buono. On the day of your daughter's wedding, can you can you let they Travis Partridge like, go?
1: It is done. It was like Chamberlain, uh, like Oh, it was Tamin. it was Barker, it was Pop and Buono and then I, I just picture them before they sit down, like Rod Smith and everybody kissing the back of hand of <laughs> Wally Bono. Well, welcome to CFL Around the Table. First off, we pay tribute to Wally Bono. Uh, if you don't, you make a sleeper with the fishies. Just sitting there, like eating grapes, and he's. <laughs> with, that, with that, like,
0: violin music that was always in the background of every scene of The Godfather. <laughs>
1: Oh, that takes me back to the Great Cup because we went to the convention center, and we were pretty juiced, and coming up the escalator <laughs> was us. Coming down the escalator was Wally. I'm like, Wally! And he's like, screw you guys. I believe, I believe, and get the get the beeper
0: ready here, Travis, because you said it much more kind than it actually was. <laughs> I saw him come up the escalator, I said, and I was thinking to it in my head was that's Wally Buono. <laughs> but it wasn't in my head. I actually said, Hey! That's
1: Wally Buono! <laughs> and he didn't even say a word. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no, he did not.
0: There's a reason. There's a reason I don't work when I go to Grey Cup. I just, I go as a fan. I, my credentials get left in my bag and I just wear a
1: Blue Bomber jersey and a helmet. <laughs> So, Wally is the man, even to a couple of Riders and Bombers <laughs> fans. He is. Uh, so, I'm looking forward to that episode of Around the Table. I think it's got Chad Owens, Darian Durant, Drew Willy. And uh, Ricky Foley, and uh, it's really interesting to see them talk about the new rules because, of course, Foley hates them. And the offensive <laughs> guys are like, "Yeah, this is awesome." Well, and Foley's such a
0: good interview, and so is so is uh, Durant, and all those guys are are great interviews. Uh, you know what? I, I'm actually I'm flipping through channels as we're recording this podcast, and I'm uh, I'm looking for it there. <laughs> I'm going to make sure that uh, I don't miss this again because uh, there's not a lot to watch in the summer. Big Brother hasn't started yet.
1: <laughs> There's a, so there is a lot of situations to watch as – so watch what the teams do with their depth charts because the starters are going to be playing almost basically a half of football. Yep. Yep. So uh, Durant is going to see a lot of time, and uh, I I think as a Rough Rider fan and as a fantasy player – his arm looked great. He was throwing to the white side of the field, and he's going to be okay as the season gets underway.
0: Yeah, you got nothing to worry about with Durant. I've been saying that for a while since day one of day one of camp. There's absolutely nothing to worry about with Darian Durant. He's healthy. His numbers, if you look at his numbers, they were a little uninspiring. But remember, there was a bad drop by Getzlap and a bad drop by Bag in there as well that would have turned into uh, something much better uh, numbers wise for him. So I would uh, no, I would. Uh, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't be worried about Durant, but you're right. This is going to be an early indication, unless somebody comes out with the starters in the first half and absolutely poops their diaper, mm-hmm. and a, and a second teamer steps up, this is you know a, that's probably what the teams are going to look like uh, come
1: come the regular season. I'll be watching Travis Lulay too Friday. He's got the Edmonton Eskimos. We'll see how his arm is really doing i guess that does it for today next week we're gonna have to do the predictions because it'll be a day before the regular season oh so boy exciting. oh boy the season
0: starts and uh and i'm sure we'll be gonna and then you'll be able to see that you're all a lot smarter than two overweight canadian podcasters
1: Absolutely. So go on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. Sign up for our Pick'em group on CFL.ca. Have a good week. And next time we talk to you in the season, we'll almost be here. Woohoo! Woo-hoo!